0: Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold.
1: Good evening, everybody. I'm the Vernomatic. Welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. As always, new content drops every Thursday night. Do yourself a favor. Visit the website, MetalMayhemROC.com. There you'll find direct links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean. Whatever link you use to consume your content, it's there. Download past shows, subscribe, review. That kind of stuff helps the bottom line. Sign up for our email list. Now, it's not just an email list for us to tell you about, you know, upcoming shows. It's a chance for you to get into the drawing for weekly giveaways that we've been holding lately. This past week, we're giving away two items. A copy of the Rob Halford uh, autobiography, Confess. And then the other item we're giving away, it's a DVD. It's a picture disc of all the pictures that are included in the Dean DiLorenzo book that we profiled back at Christmas called A Die Hard's Journey in Rock and Roll. Now, Dean's a everyday metalhead, but he's been meeting rock stars and celebrities for the past 35 years. He lives down in the New York, Albany area. And he put together this book, and it you know it's really amazing how he's met bands when he was like fifteen and sixteen, and then met them again in his forties and bringing his kids to meet them. It's just amazing how there's this uh timeline of documentation, so the two winners are for the Halford book, Philip Anselmo Six at Gmail and for the Dean DVD, Mets New York 8 at RochesterRR.com. I have sent out emails to both the winners. If they don't respond or don't claim their prizes, hey, we'll have another drawing. Now, on to tonight's show. We had a chance to catch up with Roy Z. Now, Roy Z is the guitarist that hooked up with Bruce Dickinson when Bruce left Iron Maiden in 1993. They met in the studio while... Roy was putting the finishing touches on his solo album with his band, A Tribe of Gypsies. Well, they became quick friends, and Bruce asked Roy and his band to be the backing band for his first solo effort, Balls to Picasso. Bruce and Roy ended up doing 1997's Accident at Birth, 1998's The Chemical Wedding. They did... um, uh, tyranny of Souls and a couple best ofs. Well, when Bruce went back to Maiden, Roy Z hooked up with Rob Helford, who had left Judas Priest. And so they developed a relationship. And Roy and Rob, they worked on like uh, Metal God Essentials Volume 1, Helford 3, um, Maiden Metal. And when Helford went back to Priest in 04, he, Roy Z was the producer for the angel of retribution release so bottom line roy has a huge history with these two metal legends i mean truly bruce dickinson of maiden and the metal god himself rob helford so metal forever mark has a long-standing relationship with roy they're buddies from back in the day so we had a chance to catch up with him he's a really cool guy great interview he tells tons of stories so that's what we have on tap for tonight Tonight's show sponsor is Freedom X Hand Sanitizer. We're going to run a spot, and then we're going to do the interview. Just want to remind you, Monday night's the Metal Mayhem ROC live radio show. You could find that right on thatmetalstation.com. Just go to our website. It has all the information. So that's about it uh, for Metal Forever Mark. I'm the Vernomatic, and enjoy the interview
0: attention metalheads. We all want to return to concert venues soon. Introducing Metal Mayhem ROC Metal Forever Freedom X Sanitizer. This sanitizer product is water and foam based. Manufactured with proprietary HYIQ solution. That's right. No alcohol, but more effective. Manufactured following FDA sanitizer monograph guidelines. It applies smooth without irritating the skin. Safe for all ages. Keep your friends and family safe with Metal Mayhem ROC's own sanitizer. Visit Metal Mayhem MetalMayhemROC.com or MetalForever.com to order your bottles now. Use promo code METAL at the FreedomX checkout store for a show discount. Now, now back to Metal Mayhem ROC.
2: Hello, this is Roy Z. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC with the Vernomatic and Metal Forever Mark. Hey,
0: listen up. Now get that popcorn ready and grab a seat. Do it. As The Vernomatic and Metal Forever Mark present this week's feature interview exclusively here on Metal Mayhem ROC.
1: We're excited tonight to have Roy Z on the line. Roy was the writer and guitarist and producer with Such bands as Bruce Dickinson when he was solo, and Judas Priest, and Rob Halford from his home in Los Angeles, California. Let's welcome Roy Z. Hey, Roy, how are you?
2: Hey, everybody, hanging in there, doing good. I got my vaccine, and as of Friday, I'm going to be a free man. (laughs) Well,
1: congratulations! Uh, That's excellent. I'm glad you got through the storm. I'm sitting here with my co-host, my partner in metal crime, Metal Forever Mark.
3: Hey, Roy Z. It's nice talking to you. Thanks so much for joining. And um, it's fun to reconnect with you uh, talking metal and rock and roll. So thanks so much for joining. And glad you got your vaccine because we're all getting ready to get back out there and uh, see live music again soon, hopefully.
2: Yes. No, it's re- really important to get the vaccine. And uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you totally that we need to get everybody vaccinated all the bands all the crew everybody needs to get ready to get out there and rock all the fans let's do this let's get this over with and get out of this nightmare that we've been in for over a year
1: yeah it's it's been frustrating you know just can't do anything but um so tonight we want to revisit your career uh, your involvement in some of the biggest metal acts there are and we're gonna to touch on your your the rest of your career and what you're up to in 2021. But like I said, I'm not that familiar with the first part of your career. Tell me a little bit about how you got into metal and more importantly, how you got into music, and tell us about some of your early influences and how you ended up hooking
2: up with Bruce Dickinson. Well, I mean, I you know, I graduated uh like every like a lot of musicians do you know you start with the Beatles and then you go well Abbey Road you know it's pretty pretty cool you know because that was my favorite that is my favorite record from them it's really it's got that you know a lot of heavy parts to it Uh, and then you go to Jimmy uh, Hendrix and you graduate to Zeppelin and you go to Deep Purple and then you graduate to Sabbath and then Thin Lizzie, UFO Priest, ACDC, Van Halen, uh, Ozzy with Randy, you know. Then you go Maiden, Scorps, Crew, Slayer, Metallica, Inve. I can go on and on. Oh,
1: all the regulars, all the uh, the essentials. Uh, now, Roy, do you go by Roy or Roy Z?
2: Well uh Roy, Roy is 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 not my birth name and Z is not my birth name mm-hmm. and there's an interesting story about that
1: tell the story on uh, how did you get the name Roy Z
2: okay well basically um when I was up and coming and and uh I couldn't use everybody always called me Roy but my real name is Roger okay but everybody called me Roy because uh, uh you know Mexicans can't say Roger they say Royer (laughs) and so
1: (laughs) it sounded like you just said Roger pretty
2: well well no they say Royer and then instead of Royer they just go Roy Roy so that's how you get from you know from Roger to, to uh Roy and then my last name is Ramirez like Sean Connery in the Highlander and uh when I was up and coming, there was this guy, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, yeah. and uh, it was a bad vibe for me to go to auditions with that name. So what I would did what I did is I flipped it uh,
3: backwards to Zeramar.
1: Okay. So yeah, well, it makes sense. It's like,
2: <laughs>
3: I never knew that, uh, Roy, that's classic. <laughs> that's awesome. Well,
2: um, it, it, it gets even better <laughs> was when I went to audition for Ronnie deal, uh, and, uh, on the, on the chalkboard was my time slot for my audition. And all it just said was Roy Z and my friend that, uh, Drove me over with four Marshall stacks. (laughs) He goes, I really like that Roy Z. It sounds good, you know. Roy Z. And then he he started calling me Roy Z. Then everybody, Roy Z, Roy Z, Roy Z, Roy Z. And then it just stuck. So Ronnie, I found out later that Ronnie said if I got the gig, that he would want me to change my name to Roy Z.
3: Uh, what year was this? Was that the... Yeah, where in the sequence does the, this happen? Because Vernomatic, talk, he did his heavy metal homework and said, I think Roy Z tried out for Dio. And I was like, well, Twice. as long as, I... long as I've known this dude, I, I actually never knew that, uh, Z. And like, I guess when we hang out and stuff, sometimes we just shoot the shit about other stuff. But like, uh, the, okay, so where in the sequence does the Dio auditions happen?
2: Well, uh, I'm good friends with him. The guy that got the gig at the end of the day, we're really Good friends is uh is Rowan Rowan Robertson. He got the gig the first time I auditioned.
1: What? Excuse me, wasn't he like sixteen at the time?
2: He was young. He was very young. Yeah, but he got the gig. Was that the lock up the wolves era of Dio? It was like, yeah, it was just you know I I, I guess uh I, I don't know if, if if it was after Craig Goldie or after Vivian. Not sure to be honest.
1: Yeah, when Vivian, Craig Goldie, and then the young, young kid.
2: Yeah. Yeah, really. yeah. Yeah. So that, that's when I first auditioned over on, uh, Lancashire here in North Hollywood, uh, at little feet, little feet had a studio there. And yeah, it was like a, it was like a cattle call, man. It was all these guitar players just
3: lined up. So you became Roy Z because of, well, I know you said your, your, your father, your father and things, but man, but from Ronnie James deal, basically. Yeah.
2: He 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 baptized me. <laughs> no, he baptized. He he gave me my metal name. He baptized my, you know, my metal name. Uh, and then uh after a while uh, with the you know with uh the internet, uh and everything, I discovered there was another guys using Roy Z. So that's when I added my my real last name Ramirez. So that's why I go by now Roy Z. Ramirez. But yeah, that's how Roy Z. was born.
1: It's awesome. You know, Dio, Dio's on that rush more of uh, metal singers. So so you, you lost out to the gig to Rowan the first time. Uh what you said you auditioned twice. When was yeah
2: the- and, yeah, and then I lost out to Tracy G the second time. Tracy had a really good relationship with uh Jimmy Bain and Vinny Peace because they already had played in World War Three. And I think that had a lot to do with it because I tell you what, man, I I, I thought I killed my audition. What's funny is, you know, Ronnie and I would bump into each other and then uh, there was one time, uh, it was really strange, uh, at uh, Universal Amphitheater, Iron Maiden was uh, touring with Dio and the opening band, Dirty Deeds, I believe they were called, had visa problems and they needed a band, a third band, and my, my band, Tribe of Gypsies, opened up this metal show, and it was tough work, but we 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 won over the crowd. And Ronnie uh, saw the show and he goes, "Man, you know what? This is where you belong. You belong in this band right here. This is you." And so that was cool to get the double blessing. But man, I, I can only just imagine what. Um, would have happened if ronnie and i actually ever worked together
3: so hey roy z so i was telling vernomatic because vernomatic uh we have this thing called mount rushmore metal where it's like the top four of pick anything guitarist drummer metal band whatever and he you know his desire maiden i guess you could argue mine is the same is in that category but take us back because i'm a little um and it's been a while since we talked about this so take us back um I thought the story went, you were in the studio recording, it might have been Tribe of Gypsies or something that maybe wasn't even a metal project. And then Bruce happened to be in that same studio working on some stuff. And then can you take us back to like how you guys met and then first started collaborating?
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of, you know, it was serendipitous. It was really just a fluke. I was working at uh, the Sound City Complex And in the complex is Keith Olsen Studio, so uh, I was in Keith Olsen Studio mixing the first Tribe of Gypsies album. I would go in at night because Bruce would go in. in, Bruce would go in during the day, and basically, they told me, "Hey, Bruce is having a day off, so if you want to come in during the day and and do the you know just stay." basically just stay the the night and then come back and we'll do the day. Well, Bruce forgot he had the day off and showed up for work.
3: (laughs) So then he walks in and then how do you guys start? Like, how does that conversation go?
2: (laughs) No, I, I walk in and you know, I, I had, I made it really clear to everybody that I did not want anybody hearing my music that wasn't involved. And I walk in, and I see, I, I'm hearing one of my songs called uh, uh, We All Bleed Red. And I'm hearing it blasting, like cranked to the max. And, uh, and I see the engineer that I was working with. And then I see this, this, this dude, like headbanging, like all this hair was just flying. You know, and I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I got, I was, I was pissed for those few seconds. Uh, I'm just stood there and I'm just standing there ready to tee off. And then the song ended and then I hear this British guy go, wow, that was brilliant. He go, and he goes, that was amazing. And I'm like, okay, who is this dude? And, and then, uh, and then, uh, the engineer turned around and says, oh, there he is. That, that's, 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 that's band right here. And Bruce goes, Hey, I'm Bruce. I love your band. I want to help you. You guys are amazing.
3: <laughs> Wait, and 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 Tribe of Gypsies is not a metal band, right? Technically speaking, it, no. It, right? No, no. It's a heavy Latin rock band, you know.
2: And uh, I just, you know, I, after after a while, I just went to to my roots, you know, music I grew up with, and just to, you know, I had an identity crisis uh, when I was living in New England and. My, the band driver I was in fell apart, and I just said, hey, you know, I asked myself, who are you, what are you, what are you all about? And I came up with the concept of Tribal Gypsies. And, uh, you know, was successful as far as getting, in the beginning, getting a you an know, invest, investment, getting a record deal, and everything else. Uh, but, you know, things changed. But, but yeah, that's how I met Bruce. And then from there, next thing I know, a week later, I'm being flown to England and the rest is history.
1: Now, Roy Z, did you know who Bruce Dickinson was when he said, Hey, I'm Bruce.
2: Hell yeah, I did, dude. I had the, I had the posters in my, in my, in my garage. That,
1: that's what I thought. But <laughs> that, no, that's what I got out of that. Okay. Yeah. So there's Bruce. And at that time. When was it, uh, 91, 92?
2: Uh, so it was like 90, 92-ish.
1: Yeah, he still had the long, didn't he still have the long hair?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah really long
1: hair. Yeah, he didn't cut it until... Um, Skunkworks or something. Yeah, yeah. So there's Bruce Dickinson um, vibing on uh, your uh, your other band stuff. And so where does it lead from there? How did you guys hook up?
2: Well, he just goes, hey, man, he goes, uh, uh, I really like your band. Uh, you know, um, uh, I really like what you're doing. Uh, I want to help you. And I said, okay, uh, you know, tell me what's up. And he just said, hey, listen, I want to fly you to London. I want you to meet my managers. I've already told them about you. Maybe we could write a song or two. And I said, okay, cool. So a a week from meeting him, a week later, I was on a plane to London, my first time ever going uh, over the pond, as they say, you know, we we were talking and everything, and we worked on some songs, and next thing you know, he's like, you know, I like this better than the album I'm working on, I don't know what to do, I go, oh, dude, I don't know, dude, I go, you know, that's, that's on you, you know, he goes, would you mind doing a few songs on my new album? I go, not a problem. He goes, but would you do them in the UK? I go, well, you know, I have my band and this and that. And he goes, well, what if we just use the guys in your band? I said, if if you do that, I'm sure we could work something out. And that's what happened. And we ended up going with Rod Smallwood as our manager and Andy Taylor as our managers it was weird man it was just like boom 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 boom
1: so uh rod and andy from sanctuary music they took you in they, they were handling bruce seeing that bruce went solo there was no there was no bad blood there or business is business
2: um you know I, I i i can't say other than everybody was respectful and everybody was working together uh you know bruce uh was like so happy to be working what he liked about us i remember him saying something to the effect he goes you guys have the santana kind of thing but you guys also have the purple kind of thing and he's a huge purple fan sure purple you know and so he was like and he wanted to experiment he didn't want to sound like Maiden, even though I snuck some in, like on songs like "Gods, <laughs> Gods of War." Uh, I snuck in a little bit here and there, whatever. And obviously, obviously, that album yielded uh, the greatest solo song ever, "Tears of the Dragon," which is like, wow. You know, it, it's 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 up there. You mm-hmm. know, as far as a solo song for an artist, you know, I mean, and so. Even to this day, I mean, there's I I just got a video of a little girl uh, singing Tears of the Dragon. She's got to be like five, six years old and she kills it. But what I'm saying is like that song uh, and the re-recording of that song uh, changed everything.
3: That's like the end track to falls um, to Picasso. And many would say that like, that kind of was more like of the, the metal vibe. And then the releases right after were definitely more, even though they weren't made in, they, they had a maiden vibe, like you said, but like you would, they were metal records for sure.
2: Well, you know, like, um, you know, I can't comment uh, as far as what they were trying to go for in skunk works, but I like skunk Works that, that happened after, but then, you know, uh, by then, by then, what's weird is I, I, I uh, you know, I, I, I met someone in England, and then uh, ended up getting married, and I was living in England, and uh, Bruce, Bruce's wife, God rest her soul, Patty, was American, and she invited me and 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 my ex-wife to uh, a Fourth of July party of all things in England. <laughs>
1: really <laughs> you know, they're celebrating 4th of july in england or
2: oh americans do like yeah you know like uh like like they say in england like sort of taking the piss uh, yeah <laughs> well,
1: stars and bars you know
2: <laughs> hey man whatever we're all we're all united in the end uh but 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 uh, yeah that's so then uh He's telling me, you know, he's telling me these these stories about his band, and and I said, well, listen, man, if you ever want to get back to doing some heavy metal, let me know because I've got I've got a bunch of riffs. And he's like, really? I go, yeah, man. I just been messing around, you know, just having fun. I got some really cool heavy metal riffs. And he's like, okay, great. I said, yeah, but I'm I'm flying home in two days, so. I don't know. Give me a call. So about a week later after that party, uh, he called me. and I just happened to be in my little studio in my house in Northridge. And he goes like, he's like, "Hey, hey, Z, so what do you got? Can you play me something over the phone? I go, sure. And I played him some songs. And he was like, I'm getting on a plane. (laughs) and a few days later man he was we were there working on what was the beginnings of accident of birth
1: tell us about recording the album and how did how did that go
2: well i gotta say it was like 96 uh when we first he goes okay i i i'm 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 all in you know i'm i'm want to do this he goes, but he goes, a lot of the stuff you're writing, it sounds like you have another guitar in there. And he goes, well, you're writing for two guitar players. What do you think about maybe uh, Ad- Adrian, Adrian coming in? And I'm like, you mean Adrian Smith? He goes, yeah, what do you think about that? I go, I'm cool with it, dude. Let's do it. Uh,
1: quick sidebar, Adrian left Maiden when Bruce did or a little bit after Bruce and what was he doing? Just sort of recharging his battery and how
2: did, I, I don't know. You know. I don't know. I know he did a, uh, a uh, ASAP cause I have that album mm-hmm. and, uh, but I really don't know. And I don't want to say stuff that I don't know about. Uh, but anyway, Adrian just, I remember picking Adrian up. He was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked him up in my brand new 5.0. And uh, <laughs> I was going like 100,000 miles an hour. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with, Adrian, <And> then- <laughs> with Adrian Smith in the car. Yeah,
2: yeah, I picked him up from the airport, took brought him to my house. And uh, we had a couple of beers. And then I, I know he took a little nap because he was jet lagged. And then I finally took him to the Oakwoods. And uh, man, I was just like, OK, this is getting really good now because he heard he heard what I had and he goes, well, he goes, OK, I'm, I'm going to work on some ideas. And he worked on some ideas and we just, you know, collab. I gave him his space at the same time. I, I gave him uh, more than his space. But at the same time, I, I, I was pretty focused on what this record now was going to be.
1: And that turned into the accident at birth release.
2: Yep.
3: And then you guys, uh, you had that live scream, scream for me, Brazil, right? So was that after chemical wedding? That was correct.
2: Yeah. That was the last thing we did together.
3: Yep. Yep. So the vibe between you and Adrian was really strong because I think the, the song, the songwriting got really, really strong and, I mean just what was the chemistry like with you and Adrian?
2: Well, it was cool, you know. I, I I Adrian's a great player and he can, you know, and he was really enjoying the 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 the, 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 the tunings I was using because he was just used to the normal tunings and and well, by the time we got to chemical wedding, I was expanding the tunings and making it modern. And you got to remember, this is a time when nobody did solos, not even Metallica. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, the, no, n- the 90s, there was no guitar solos.
2: No guitar solos. When we did Accident of Birth and while, when we did Chemical Wedding, guitar solos were considered like, I don't know, that people hated it, I, which I find really nuts.
1: Yeah, well, it's the 90s, the 90s blue. We're, talk- <laughs> we're talking with Roy Z, uh metal guitarist, <laughs> working with such metal visionaries as Bruce Dickinson, Rob Helford, along with some other production and producing duties. Roy, before we move on to some other uh projects you're involved with, when you were doing the live Bruce Dickinson tours, how much of the live set list was Iron Maiden material? And if any, how was
2: it looking over?
1: and seeing Adrian Smith on the other side of the stage
2: well it was awesome because for me uh it was perfect because Adrian had his style and I had the role of doing Dave Murray's uh bits and and uh you know and Dave Murray and I are huge both of us are really huge Hendrix fans uh, and uh, oddly enough, uh, uh, um, we both really like using the uh, MXR Phase 90 pedal, uh, and so which Eddie Van Halen made popular. But we both really liked that pedal. So for me, it was like so natural. And you know, Adrian and I, we wouldn't talk so much about it, but when we did, we would say, "I would say, look, dude." on this song I'm going to do the shred part and then I and then you do the feeling part but if there's anything you want to do you just do it go for it yeah and so and so you know so we had that balance of the speed uh I was doing the more speedy stuff uh and he was doing more just being himself being Adrian the feeling with some speed and everything else but he's got a lot of great feeling and uh you know um now his new project i really like a lot with richie Kotzen and it's kind of like the same thing really but i mean Kotzen blows me away i'm getting guitar so <laughs>
1: yeah Richie has really uh chiseled himself out an impressive career in the last
3: 20 years he's all over the place he's a great talent
2: yeah.
3: Wait. So, Roy, just real quick on this, real you guys. So, you did play Maiden songs live. I thought when Bruce went out, you guys were just playing stuff from um, his solo, like Accident of Birth and Chemical Wedding and Tattoo Millionaire.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the thing: is we we got to do we we would do three to four, no more than five Maiden songs, but they were songs that uh, were written by those guys. So we would do like flight of Icarus. And I know Bruce didn't get credit for the writing because of, uh, contractual stuff, but run to the Hills we used to do. And we used to do power slave that Bruce wrote. Did you do waste wasted years? No, we never did that. We never did.
1: Yeah. I thought there was an Adrian song from somewhere. Or some yeah.
2: Time. Yeah. He wrote it. We didn't did it. We never did it. And uh,
3: but that stuff never ended up on any live recorded material, though, because I, I don't remember any anything making live.
2: Yeah, I have a live Japan thing, and we did two minutes to midnight, which they both wrote. Uh, so anything, it was cool with management as long as it was songs that they wrote.
1: So after the the scream for me Brazil. Were you involved in the Tyranny of Souls release? And how did the Dickinson era end with you,
2: your involvement? Well, here's the thing is that uh, uh, this is a whole nother. You're, you're taking, dude, all of these are like chapters in a book. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, Bruce goes, hey, I want to do a record, but nobody can know about it. And I said, okay. He goes uh, write write some ideas for me, and I wrote I wrote twenty ideas, and it was just guitar tracks and bass to a click. That was it. Uh, I I didn't have time to, and I gave him the twenty ideas, uh, and then he was on tour, and he he literally picked the first ten, uh, in the same order that I gave them to him, and then Maiden had. Uh, I think it was two or three nights at the Universal Amphitheater. Uh, uh, long story, It was he was going to be here for four days. So I went to the show the first night, and he fell uh, because there was birthday cake from Nichols' birthday. So he slipped and fell, like, I want to say, like, 50 feet or more. And he broke ribs. Wow. Yeah but he was scheduled to do vocals uh, for the for the 10 songs that he picked he picked the first 10 in the same order and man i never seen anybody so hardcore that guy's hardcore he fucking sang the whole thing the whole album in 3 days bro with broken ribs
1: That's that's crazy because it's hard enough to breathe with broken ribs, let alone sing like how Bruce sings.
2: Bro, I just had broken ribs, man. (laughs) Uh, Thank God I don't have they're healed now. I just had broken ribs and I and I was thinking to myself, damn, this is crazy. Bruce was a nut because he would literally do a take and he lay down on, on a little studio couch I had and he's like, "Okay, Z, hold on a second. And he give me, he give me four takes for every song. Uh, and he would do, and then in those three days, he did, uh, he did all the songs. And then he goes, and I would put it all together. Go, he, I go, he, I he only sing like not that long, like maybe three, four hours. And then he goes, okay, see, I got to go, man. I'm just hurting. And I go, don't worry, I go, tomorrow, I'll, and then we would fix up, and then he'd he do more songs and more songs. By the end of the whole thing, we had we had like 12 songs done. The vocals were done. And I was just like astounded. And he did that while Iron Maiden, and at night, he would sing with Iron Maiden, and during the day, he would sing. <laughs> was crazy, fucking crazy, man. Is this unbelievable? Pe- Is this
1: the period when he was uh, sleeping in the studio?
2: He used to sleep. He used to sleep here at the house. But uh, no, he would, uh, he would sing, a, a take or two, and then say, "I got to lay down" because his ribs were broken. And then, and then he'd do more and then more, and then he like he'd just go because he had sound check or whatever, to do a mating gig, guys, guys I Dude, that dude, no matter what anybody says, he's like a, he, he wills himself to the fullest. I've never seen anybody with such drive and such, uh, I don't know what you call it, man. In, in, in Spanish, we call it "gana." You know, like just willing himself over the pain and everything else. And he did that. And I saw it. I was blown away because I saw him fall and I'm like, oh my God, that's, I guess we ain't doing vocals tomorrow. And then yeah. <laughs> he said, like, No, man, we're doing vocals. I'll be there at 10 a.m. I'm like, All right, dude, you're crazy. Well, but, in, in English,
1: we call it he's got game. So, you know, well, yeah, he's, yeah, that's uh, excellent. Mm, interesting. So, how did you end up getting involved with the Metal God, Rob Halford?
2: Well, that's a book in itself. <laughs> okay, but I, i'll I'll give you the synopsis. Basically, uh, a good friend of ours, Chris Chris uh, who was a, a journalist for Rock Hard magazine, and is still very active. He uh, he heard that he he heard that. Uh, He's the one that got John five, the gig with Rob in the first place. And he heard that Rob was looking for a guitarist. And, um, I went into audition as a guitar player. Um, Rob wasn't there. Uh, his manager wasn't there. And, uh, but I guess I, from what I understand, they filmed it. And, uh, and I, I argued with the producer of the pro of his thing because he was they were trying to make him techno metal or something I don't know and um not even tech not even metal just like this weird stuff uh you know because I like techno music but it was just weird and I I I told him like I told the guy go look he, and he's he's we're we're friends and I, I don't want to say anything bad other than I told him. Man, you're barking up the wrong tree, man. I go, if you look up a, a, a book, just a book of a picture that defines heavy metal, I go, you're going to see Rob Halpert on a Harley, bro, with, with spikes and all leathered up and, and, and looking like, you know, like SM gone on 20, you know? And, and he goes... Yeah, I know. He goes, but you know, this is what we're doing now. I go, well, you're doing the wrong stuff. And I go, you're doing the wrong stuff. This is not. This is not going to work. I go. I go. A, a, a leopard can't change his spots, man.
1: Tell us about the angel retribution and the return of the metal god.
2: Well, oddly enough, we, we uh, you know, Rob. You know, I, I did resurrection and uh and uh you know everybody everybody including the band were like this is what we wanna sound like. I said, Yeah, but you know, you don't know what it took and this and that and boom. But next thing you know, Rob, you know, Rob's gonna join priests and rejoin priest. And uh he said, Hey, I, I just need You know, I I need a little bit of a, you know, I need to feel comfortable because I do my, I like doing my vocals with C because, you know, we have a a, a great dynamic together. And uh, so uh, the guys from, that was one of Rob's conditions to go back in the band. And then the guys met me in San Diego and uh, I went out with uh, after after a studio a little little session at Rob's place. Uh, I, I I went out with the guys. We had a couple of pints together, and uh, they liked me. Mm-hmm. You know, they liked what I had to say because I was saying all the things that they 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 felt good about. Uh. I don't know if it was a hundred percent, but they liked me, and so in other words, at the end of the at the end of that thing, uh, they just said, "Hey, you know," um. They said we want you to to, to we want you to do the record, and then so I worked, I worked at the old smithy, uh, where it was, it, it, old smithy is uh, outside of uh, w- w- Worcester in. It's in, in, in a place called Kempsey a town called Kempsey and oddly enough I, I might be working there again but that's where they did Born Again bro Sabbath yeah the old smithy so I'm like yeah I'll, I'll, you know I, and um, it's weird because I'm in touch with with the owner right now because I, I want to do some work there I, I just like it over there and then uh, you know I, I had set up and then I set up a studio at that KK's, I set up a studio at Glenn's, and man, I was I worked the first the first part of the session I worked 93 days in a row and uh, I'm talking long days and then uh, and then we got to do they said, well, where do you want to record the drums? I said, Sound City so we got Scott and I over the band stayed home and uh, Scott Scott and I with uh, Joe Grisi, uh and Mike Fasano. I got to mention him because he's the um, drum tuning master. And uh, we recorded the drums at Sound City, man. It was a great time.
1: Can you comment on a rumor that I heard? Well, one, yep. well, I heard it. And I think I read it in the KK book. Is it true that Rob came back in the band as a security blanket when they got offered to do the the Oz Fest in case Ozzy couldn't perform. And is Judas Rising, is that really an older song?
3: <laughs> Ferdamatic does his heavy metal homework.
2: Well listen, no, no, no. All right. Number one. Number one. This is crazy. I, I there's oh, there's only so much I could say, but uh, it was in
1: KK's book. That's why I asked.
2: Yeah, KK. It was weird when I worked for priests because we had the studio and then we had his house and we had Glenn's house. And Glenn has a full-blown, uh, he has a barn with a studio. So I was jumping between all three, driving. Driving stick shift on the opposite side—that's fucking nuts, dude. Let me tell you. <laughs> try, try doing the, the fucking clutch, and 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 using your 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 left hand to, instead of your right hand to change gears, bro. And it's fucking weird, dude. But anyway, I used to drive a lot, <laughs> going to their houses. I set up these studios, and uh, but yeah, dude. Judas rising one day take it goes check this out." And it, he go, I go, "What's up with it?" He goes, he goes, "I need your help with this buddy. I'm like, all right. So next thing you know, um, we're working on words. I didn't get credit, but that's okay. I have the demo of me singing that shit. I still have that demo. Really. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. I still have the demo. And um and uh so so then uh Glenn goes, "Oh no, that's not we're not going to do that song." That song's been around. We got he goes, "We got way better songs from a long time ago." I go, "Listen, man, this thing is crazy." So the intro I told I I told KK I go I go got to come up with an intro, that's kind of like, uh, victim of changes coming back, like the victim the victim of changes intro, but coming you're coming back, real crazy, and we worked on that intro, for like three days, and then uh, uh and then we re- 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 we we then we showed it to Rob and Rob goes. It's fucking amazing. He goes like fucking great. So next thing you know, Rob comes over to KK's, and then we're fi- we're working on the final lyrics, uh, and, and then working to rep to, pre- to present it to Glenn. And then finally, Glenn relented, and he said, "Okay." He was he did not want it on the album, and I fought tooth and nail with him. Glenn's a great guy to hang out with. Uh, and, and uh, him and I would hang out really cool. But when we worked together, man, it was like two ramps at it every fucking day.
1: Gotta ask, was it because it was a KK riff and it was KK material?
2: You know what? I really don't know. I, uh, you know, I, 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 I might have messed up and got involved a little too much with KK, but KK was... KK would be like, just come over to my house for a week, and he lived in this crazy place, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Golf courses, yeah, and shit, yeah. and fucking lakes. He could go fishing, and you know, and it was just like beautiful views. And Glenn had had a, just an amazing place too, you know, just amazing. It was just amazing. But long story short, is is. Uh, KK told me the story of how he never even wanted Glenn in the band. It got pushed on him. And how he felt bullied by by him. And I really felt for him, you know. I really felt for, for Ken because he was always outnumbered. You know, he was, at least he felt that way. I don't know. I can't say. But there's some of that in his book that I read. It
1: just seemed, uh, I've been a Priest fan for years, and it just seemed like with Judas Priest, there's always been a miscommunication that has led to either Rob leaving, KK not expressing his feelings, Glenn overstepping his authority within the band, and it's caused problems throughout the years and i honestly think that's part of the problem that led to when judas priest got back together they haven't been bigger than some of these other bands that are younger than them maiden um the metallicas um you know pre i don't think priest has ever really fully reached their popularity level if you will that's just my that's just my take comment on that at all
2: well, I, I think that I think that priest is always about 15 to 20 years ahead of their time. In other words, like people hated painkiller. But then all of a sudden, every band in Europe, especially Germany, wanted to sound like painkiller. It, like bands like Primal Fear and, and Gamma Ray and all these other bands, right? And, and, and then. uh. And then when they did Nostradamus, that's when they decided I'm not in on that uh, because now I was in Rob's band uh, and uh, I felt there was a conflict. But it, now when I I'm like, holy smokes, man, this is pretty good.
1: I'm sorry, Roy, you, know? you, you broke up. What did you say when you did what?
2: I said when, you know, people. A lot of people bash Nostradamus, you know. Uh-huh. When it, uh, but now when I put on Nostradamus, I actually really enjoy it.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good moments in that uh, album. By the way, Roy, just for a quick second, um, back to Angel Retribution. I mean, so here's the thing: like, you're kind of um, this. I don't want this to sound the wrong way. Like, you're not that you're like in the shadows, but like you're here. You are a hardcore part of. A lot of heavy metal history, you know, when you think about it. I mean, you you got Dickinson doing heavy metal when he was doing something that wasn't there. Halford, who was doing two, and then you were part of him coming into resurrection and going back to metal. Then you end up with him in Priest, which a lot of Priest fans would say Angel Retribution is kick-ass. And by the way, that song, um, Judas Is Rising, like, not only was that the opener to the album, they opened the freaking tour with that song, you you know what I'm saying? And uh so it's like, he, he, it's, it's pretty amazing when we hear your story. Cause it's like, you know, you're, you're, we woven in, in serious heavy metal history, you know, in, in America and around the world. It's crazy when you think about it right that way.
2: Well, you know, for a kid, that, for a kid that's from Pacoima, California, and by the way, our Pacoima is the homeland of Richie Vallon. So this is, you know, there's a lot of pride here in Pacoima, uh, 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 I, I live not too far from where i grew up a very rough area and uh, uh but for a kid to have the posters of these guys on his wall when he's 12 13 14 15 and then to be able to do the work that i did with them and 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 you just go like really did i just did i do that because now time you know has eroded a, a lot of Uh, not the memories, but the actual struggles of just getting there, you know, just working my ass off.
1: How has the advancement of the, the ethnicity of metal happened throughout the last 30 years? You know, yourself, you're involved with it. Rob Trujillo over with Metallica, you know, you've had other guys, Chino from, um, uh, oh, it escapes my mind right now. Um, lead tones, deftones, deftones. Thank you, you know, Chino and uh, you know, uh, Randy Castillo, um, Rudy Sarzo, even though he's Cuban. But you know, have you seen an increase of some of the uh, Lantern or um, other ethnicity in metal?
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, who started it was Ozzy, Ozzy by getting Rudy number one Mm -hmm. and then he got Randy Castillo and then he got uh Mike Inez
1: sure Mike Inez yeah and then
2: and then he uh and I I call us the mojo man because you know us Latinos we're mystical crazy motherfuckers and for (laughs) 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 people you know like for for a guy for people like from people like in England, they go like, damn, these motherfuckers come from like, used to chop each other's heads off and they Uh they built these pyramids. There's some crazy motherfuckers right there.
1: I was thinking that when you told me that you moved (laughs) to England, I'm like, Jesus, you know, (laughs) talking about fish out of water and just... Uh,
2: Man, I loved it. I I loved it, man. Because, you know, up until that moment, man, I always felt in the United States like a second-class citizen, bro. And that's the truth.
3: Mm, it's that's too bad. It's yeah. That's actually the often not talked about thing. You know, side of the I guess the metal world, right? And um, yeah, you've uh, you've truly, man. It's it's a success story and a half for sure. Um, so hey, uh, and it's, get three metalheads going. We're gonna, we can go all mm-hmm. night. <laughs> and this this is definitely gonna be more. I knew Vertimatic was gonna get into this discussion because you're you're part of uh, his two Mount Rushmore metal bands yeah. favorites of all time. But uh, you, I, I was gonna ask him something else. But go ahead. No, I just, you finished your oh, thought. I just. Oh, no, to... uh, Royce, I was going to ask you, we, we'd be remiss because uh, now we want to go into like 2021 and you told us that maybe we would get a Metal Mayhem ROC exclusive and maybe we might get two based on just this last conversation we were having as it relates to kind of, you know, KK and what he's doing. But um, rumor has it uh, we've heard that maybe you've been writing and working with Bruce again in 2021. Uh, is that true? And what can you share or not share about that at the moment?
2: Well, listen, uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce and I, uh, when we can get together, we always get together and work on music. Uh, we, we have a lot of songs, ideas. Uh, we have a lot of songs and we want to do a few more, but we were supposed to get together, but because of COVID, uh, we can't get together. And uh, unfortunately, I can't go to England right now and he can't come to America because of this new variance. Uh, And, uh, but also, you know, I don't know what else is happening in in the camp over there, but uh, yes, we were supposed to get together last year uh, around this time last year.
3: And and you said Bruce is not a guy that wants to do like the file sharing, send a bunch of stuff through the internet. He wants to get in a room and get in the studio and, and record stuff with you there with him
2: bro i uh, you know i uh, yeah i don't i don't think he's that kind of a guy i mean he still has a flip phone i'll just leave it <laughs> like that that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> all
3: right um okay so so anyway can you speak just a little bit How, how's that music sounding like is it is it heavy is it riffy is it all the things that we would expect like with a modern edge like is it, it i assume it's metal
2: if you took all three of the, I call it the trilogy. Uh, actually, there's there's actually some ideas that remind me of, like, Balls to Picasso. There's one or two of those ideas. But basically, it's like if you took the, the, the three last albums that we did, a, a little bit of each, but custom, because it's not we're not trying to repeat. We never like to repeat. But it has the, the vibe and the feeling of those last three albums there might be one or two ideas that are kind of ball i don't know if they're going to make the album i really don't know what's going to happen other than i can tell you this that we really want to do this um from what he's told me and i hope i don't piss anybody off by saying this but uh you know there's definitely uh there's definitely eggs in the basket brother
3: Okay. And here's the second thing I want to ask you related in a way. Uh, And, and again, just, I guess comes from the priest side of things too. You know, sounds to me like when you were telling that story and you're going to KK's and Glenn's and you're bouncing from the studios, you got a little sympathetic towards KK. And then obviously at some point, KK leaves priest after, I guess, the Nostradamus idea. Was it, do you think like you kind of aligned and everybody knows that maybe Glenn has really taken more of a control of that band you not working with them anymore was that because maybe you think you got a little more sympathetic to like what KK was going through, and then maybe Glenn got a you know didn't 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 like that as much, and then you know I know you mentioned that Rob really wanted you there for the vocals, so where does it turn? Like maybe where Rob they went in a different direction, or can you speak on that?
2: You know I I I, I can't say much about it other than um, I'm in touch with Glenn uh, once in a while. Uh, and I'm in touch with KK uh, more, and uh, you know uh, we all remain friends. Uh, I love Ian. I had a lot of fun hanging out with Scott, and uh, I, I, I'm you know I'm I don't want to say I'm close, but I know I know uh, Richie, and he's a good guy, and I'm fr- I'm friends with Andy Snead, so uh, I. I wish those guys nothing but you know power and, and and love and and I wish them well you know I, I hope they I hope they kick some ass because i I really like firepower uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that record and uh man if they could pull a you know Tom Allen in there one of my here one of my production heroes. Uh, My main production hero, I have to say, is Martin Birch. But then after that, Tom Allen, for sure. Uh, And then I I love Chris Sangariti's God Rest His Soul. And same with with Martin Birch. You know, God, you know, rest in peace, brother. And uh, these are guys that I've always looked up to. And I've tried to carry on that tradition that they did. I, I, I like that Dickinson doesn't sound like Halford. And that Halford doesn't sound like Sepultura, and then and then and then that uh, Sepultura uh, doesn't sound like a, a a lot of the new things that I'm been doing, and I, I just try to keep it like O.G. like Martin Birch did because Martin Birch worked with everybody from Fleetwood Mac, White Snake, Purple, to to Maiden to have, you know, uh, the, uh, the deal heaven and hell era, you know, uh, and I gotta say, man, I've been sparking up those new, those new reissues, man, of, of, uh, black Sabbath of heaven and hell mob rules, man. And
3: it just shows you
2: how brilliant a guy like Martin really was.
3: Mm-hmm. Is there anything you do want to share? I know you're a little bit on like uh hiatus of like, let's get through the COVID pandemic. Uh, but 2021 or even looking a little bit beyond 2022, is there anything you do want to share? And I know you've always got stuff behind the scenes kicking Z. So like what, what, what's, what can you, what, what projects can you share? And I know you've mentioned, Hey, you, you're still in touch with a guy like KK too. So like anything you want to share as far as like what you see project wise in the well, near future? Uh, yeah.
2: Unfortunately I was not able to work with a uh, KK's new, uh, new uh, thing uh but uh you know it's it is what it is um the last things I worked on in 2019 and 20 the before the pandemic uh there's a Peruvian band called Flor de Loto and uh they're from Peru it was actually the last job I did abroad and um we haven't finished the record only because of the pandemic and I can't go to Peru and they can't come here. But what's cool is this band has six or seven records in Spanish, and this will be their first album in English. And we have some very special guests. And one guest I can announce that's on there is Arthur Brown and Arthur killed it. Amazing job. Um, also, there's a, a group out of Brazil called Anguish, and uh, I am not able to finish their album, also because of the pandemic. It, they're great, man. They're like fans of Maiden, fans of you know Maiden and Priest and Dickinson will love that band. And then, um, then I've been working on and off with Jimmy's brother Leon Hendricks, and we're just waiting, you know, for you know all the vaccines and everything but uh gonna be working with leon on some stuff and then um in january i start uh with brazilian band called heaven's guardian who the lead singer his that was his original band who's a mutual friend of mark and I's is carlos zima
3: that's right zima i thought he was with an immortal guardian
2: he is with Immortal Guardian, and I, you know, I, I worked with them on their first EP. But his original band is a band called Heaven's Guardian, and uh, uh, that's something that I hope to start in January if all goes well. Uh, and uh, I just saw Carlos, by the way. And I told him I would be on with you, Mark, and he sends his best.
3: Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, I, 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 he's another guy I need to outreach to soon because I, I want to reconnect because it's been too long. And um, I'm a not well, huge fan of his vocals and his musicianship, but he's just he's like super up, straight up cool dude, right? (laughs) So, yeah, he's the the best. Yeah, man. He was at my wedding. He was at my wedding in Vegas. Oh, awesome, dude. Yeah, he's the man. He, uh, yeah, I love that guy.
2: Yeah, and then uh, finally. Uh, I'm planning to release next year uh, the, my whole entire Tribal Gypsies catalog, everything with bonus tracks and everything. Uh, but there's so much more that are in the works. But because of the pandemic right now, uh, I, I I can't risk. Even though you get the vaccine, you can still carry it, and uh, I I gotta be careful because I have a lot of relatives that uh, still haven't gotten the shot. And they're susceptible to, uh, they have pre-existing conditions and they're susceptible to uh, permanent damage. So, yeah, unfortunately this year it's going to be another lost year, I think. Uh, but I, I got to give it to people, man. They're, they're you know, hopefully uh, the, the, the metal community will come together and get vaccinated. I, I was thinking to myself, it would be really cool. For uh, some of the festivals, to offer people vaccination, that would be rad. Yeah, That's the, awesome
3: the, idea.
1: The, <laughs> the, you know, get yeah. people there. Um, Roycey, we do a. We got five minutes left, and we do a fun show segment on here. It's called the Mount Rushmore of metal.
0: Many have tried, most have failed, only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of metal.
2: Oh, man.
3: Yeah, yeah. So only a few survived. Yeah, only a few survived. M- metal Mike from Halford did not survive.
2: <laughs> okay, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> that's funny. I don't know what's considered metal. You know, is is Deep Purple considered metal?
3: Is Jimmy Henson? Oh, we're not, listen. Let gonna cue <laughs> this up because he has an opinion on how this. We're works. not
1: even going to go there. Before we met with you, we did another show segment with one our one of our correspondents. And the discussion was, it's a fun game we do. Is it metal or not? And I queue up. <laughs> I I go and I get six tracks of various bands that just released uh-huh. material. And I don't tell the guys uh, who it is. I just play <laughs> it. And the question, and I get the response from Mark and Metal Walt, is it metal or not? So, But my question to you is, I'm going to need your Mount Rushmore of...
3: Um, me- I mean metal metal bands. Give us your Mount Rushmore of me- your interpretation. So you throw in who you want to throw in
2: all time. Well, well. Here's the thing, though. No, uh, and 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 I don't mean to stall on this, but what, what what do you guys where where did metal start? Where do you guys think that metal started?
1: It's um some some say you know it's, Cream it's some it's say. Highway.
2: Is highways is, is purple haze metal?
1: Is it? I mean, there's no right answer. It's your interpretation. Is Grand Funk Railroad, is MC5 from Detroit in the 60s?
2: It's been Lizzie or UFO. You
1: sure? That, that stuff was in the 70s. What about, what about Sabbath in 69, the debut? Yeah, Sabbath.
2: What about, what about, uh, uh,
3: uh, ACDC
1: still Z that's the (laughs) seventies. I mean, what (laughs) about, what about
3: Zeppelin? That's why we have this debate. Zeppelin was the
1: sixties. Like, um, I mean, that's iron butterfly, iron butterfly. What about Steppenwolf? That's what I mean. <laughs> okay. it,
3: two hours ago, you said. So, so here's seven- what I, I would say the following. Like, of course, Black Sabbath has the early metal roots, as you can then trace to Deep Purple and all that. For me, metal really, I don't, this is just my interpretation. Like, somewhere around where, like, Priest hits, like, British Steel, and somewhere where, like, Number of the Beast comes out, and then somewhere where, like, Kill 'em All comes out with Metallica. I know there are a little bit different timelines, but, like, that's what, in my view, when like that started becoming metal. Like, and what about I'm Van Halen? Off. What maybe, about
2: Van Halen?
3: We say no, I say not metal. Vernomatic says maybe it's metal. Well, it's, <laughs> look, it's that it comes from that time frame of hair metal genre. I mean, Van Halen right. was never hair metal,
1: but remember what Greg Renoff said, and or um, Andy Bennett said in 1978. Atomic Punk and I'm the One and On Fire from Van Halen One. That was some of the heaviest stuff going on. That I sure priest, priest, ACDC.
2: The the, the, kiss metal is kiss metal, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Kiss Alive One,
3: Roy, kiss alive one. He flipped this on us hardcore, man. It's It's just how many genres of metal are there, too? There's like. 50 subgenres of metal, doom, grindcore, death, melodic.
1: Well, we have to get back All to right. the rules of right. Mount Rushmore. The rules are, there are no rules. Okay, your I interpretation. Need, I need right. four. Four, Roy Z.
3: According to
2: Roy Z. Nobody All gets. right. This is tough, man. This is <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Sabbath, priest, maiden. Fuck. Only one more. And I have like 10.
3: (laughs) That's why. Slayer. Oh, that hasn't been mentioned before, but there you can't. That's the thing. No one can argue with any of these lists. No, but I I forgot
2: Metallica. I forgot Motley Crue. I forgot the Scorps. I forgot Ozzy with Randy.
1: You're a big uh, Randy fan. I saw some videos of you doing them
2: what i'm saying man i like the li- like what is metal
3: okay so uh, this is another mount rushmore it's going to be hard for you and you probably don't want to offend folks but what's your mount rushmore top four metal vocalists well
2: that's not hard uh <laughs> uh well,
3: can't forget about zima <laughs> I know. no i They're mean sheepers
2: yeah i know but the thing is is that uh in no particular order okay the ultimate metal singer and you guys might not consider a metal but to me he's metal well no here let me let me go let me go back up okay the ultimate metal singers for me are rob halford number 2 bruce number 3 dio and number 4 I know he's not considered metal, but I have to say Ian Gillen. And that no in no particular order.
3: Ian Gillen was on Born Again Black Sabbath. That was definitely a metal album. Yeah.
2: And, and in no particular order. I just think about like there's never been a singer with the range of, of other than Ian Gillen, with the range and you know who else would count as metal? Is Arthur Brown because he influenced all of these guys. Uh, you know, there's a lot of honorable mentions, you know. Uh like like the dude from Malice. I thought he was way metal. Uh you know Malice uh, from Cleveland? Malice, dude. Yeah, they, they're from Cleveland. I don't know where they're from. They played LA. I don't know.
1: And That could have been a uh, three different versions of Malice. All right. Yeah, they and then
2: uh uh There's a guy called Perry McCarty that sang on the warrior fighting for the earth. I think he's way metal. Uh, uh, other honorable mention is, um, you know, I think about it, uh, and Ozzy. Ozzy is super metal and, uh, Klaus Klaus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was rocking the China White yesterday. Thirty ninth anniversary, man. That's a badass song, dude. I saw that tour. Really, I did too. You... you know who was the opening band? Uh Riot. No, Iron Maiden. Uh, number of the Beast tour. Yeah, you
1: saw that. where? where did you see it in the, the West Coast?
2: Yeah, Anaheim. It was called the Summer Strut, and it was uh,
1: yeah,
2: it was Lover Boy, Iron Maiden,
1: Ted Nugent.
2: No, scorpions and foreigner.
1: Yeah, the, the, that tour came to Rock, or came to Buffalo instead of it was it was Nugent, Foreigner, Loverboy, and Maiden.
2: There you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I I do like. There's so many great metal singers. There's a lot of new great singers like Ralph, brother Ralph Sheepers. He's he's amazing uh i like the i like the guy the the kid that's singing uh that ronnie romero i like him he's great you know there's so many bro like so many michael kiske come on man that's
3: right you know it's interesting because uh some, sometimes when we talk about this metal genre of like the other you know, trend now like if you listen to like jose mangan um you know like the liquid metal it's just all the death growling vocals and like The idea that this vocal could be like another instrument almost, like when you look at like a Rob and a Bruce or Michael Kiske, like it becomes like that fifth or sixth instrument in the band. You know what I mean? Like when there's range and melody and harmony, like that's just what you miss when you just have this straight up, like the death growl. you know, not to take away from any of those singers that sing in that style. But like anyway, that's I think Vernomatic and I agree, like we like the metal vocalists, you know. Just like we were, like the shredding power guitars, metal. you know. Yeah.
2: yeah, you got the power metal singers, and then you got your grindcore singers, and then you got your death metal singers. I mean, I mean, look at uh, look at King Diamond. I mean, pe- you know, look at Lemmy. Like, dude, we could go on for days. So- yeah,
1: you're right, Roy Z. You're right on that because Lemmy at one point was, you know, extreme. But now you look it, now you listen, and it's like nothing. And King Diamond, uh, Merciful Fate—that's yeah. that. That was just um, that was incredible stuff. Are you fan? Are you a fan of some of these new bands? What new bands are you into that you could if recommend to someone?
2: Um, you know what? Uh, there's there's some really cool bands, but all of them have been around. Uh, I'm not really hip to. Uh, some of these other groups you know I try I try to listen to everything um, but uh, in all honesty um, I don't like I don't like hardly anything that's coming out that's new I gotta say that I really like uh, I really dig the new uh, body count and I'm glad they won best Metal, uh Grammy uh, you know that that's but that's bringing a like a hard element. But Body Count's been around for a long time, you know. Um, I don't know, man. That's the last album that I, I like.
3: You know what Was, it speaks to? It speaks to you have to look. every like Vernomatic made the comment. Anybody with the crazy stuff on computers now and Pro Tools or whatever can plug in and make crazy sounding music. But what needs to happen? There still has to be good artists, good musicians. And the most important, good songwriters, right? I mean, anybody can throw on a drum track. And I mean, you know, this is you're one of the you're in the A list of A lists of, of metal writers. You know, it's like you can't fake, you know, either you have good writing skills or you don't, you know?
2: Well, there's a lot of talented bands, you know, and then there's like a whole new metal genre or whatever. And there, but to me, it all sounds the same, all the yeah, same production. That's the thing,
3: same, yeah. Same
2: production, same you know. I hear the same snare drum, same guitar sound, the same kind of solos, the same uh, you know, just the same everything. And I'm like going like, this is fucking whack, you know? They're they they're time stamping their shit, you know? When you put an audio timestamp on your shit.
3: Vermax Max got to do someone hooking in the, in the Metal Man RLC Studios here. I have the world's so. loudest. Uh, <laughs> it always goes off. The loudest uh, um, cuckoo clock
1: and other end of the um, the studio, and at the top of the hour, you could be down the street and
2: hear it. So well, that means that that means that we're done then. Yes, it does. So Royce, <laughs> you
3: know, it's interesting. We've only had one three segment, three episode <laughs> interview that we've done. That was way back early in our little careers doing this thing here. <laughs> You may be the third the second, but you also may have enough content now where mm-hmm. we could splice you into a whole shit ton of shows yeah. in the future. So you might be our our third co captain in the yeah. in the co captain's chair here now.
2: <laughs> That's funny because Cause, cause we, only, we, we only we only we only talked about a few things. I know, we could go another four
3: hours easy. I know but I, <laughs> actually I, I, Verdo's going to call you right after this and you're going to talk to four in the morning I'm sure yeah.
1: <laughs> Roy I want to thank you for uh, joining us tonight it's uh, I've been a fan and um, Mark's been hounding me for the last couple months he's like I got to call Roy we got to get Roy Z on I'm like well call him call him <laughs> yeah. but I want to thank you I appreciate it
2: yeah I want to give a special shout out to to uh, to you to Mark And a special extra shout out to my my brothers in the Halford band. Things are looking up.
3: Roy Z, I I love, you know, it's, that was, (laughs) we didn't get to like half the questions we wanted to ask you tonight, (laughs) but like one of the, and again, so here we, I was going to ask you this, look, Halford, yeah, some would say, oh, that's Rob's solo project or whatever. The reality was, and I was so—I consider myself extremely fortunate that I got to know you all on a personal level. In addition to you know just being a fan of what you guys do, but like, I mean, you guys—you guys had chemistry, and you guys were a real band. And Rob always said it right; he was always like, "This is a this is my band. This is not my solo project." Can you can you talk about what it, what it meant what it felt like for you to be in the Halford band?
2: Man, you know, uh, it's wonderful when you could be on the road. With, with with some guys and everybody just loves each other and cares for each other including our crew special shout out to timmy uh all the boys man they all you know they all took care of us but we were family man and we are family and uh I hope that one day we could reunite even if it's with another singer uh I'll leave that up to fate but I'm down.
3: All oh, right. That being said, Roy Z, thank you. Stay safe and healthy. Yeah, Z, thanks, man. We appreciate you calling in, the metal man, RLC, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon uh, off air, and hopefully have you back on again because you fit right in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right on, gentlemen. You guys stay safe and and blessings to you and your families, and uh, hopefully uh, nobody gets affected by the in, the, in your circle with all of this crap because it's going to get bad again. Be ready.
3: Yeah. You. Then it gets good after that. Hopefully finally. So
2: thanks
1: right. Rosie. Take care, brother. All right.
0: Bye-bye metal for life thanks for listening to metal mayhem roc check out our websites at metal MayhemROC.com and metal for information on upcoming concerts podcasts archives and all sorts of info please like follow and share with everyone even your non-metal friends catch us next time on wlfe TV radio